All praises to Allah and may His peace and blessings be upon His servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his Mubarak family and progeny and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the Day of Judgment. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says in his book, O you who believe, enter into submission completely and do not follow the footfalls or the footsteps of shaitan. Indeed, he is for you an open and clear enemy. This is an interesting ayah. This is an interesting ayah because a person might wonder when they hear this ayah, why is it that Allah Ta'ala has addressed the believers? Oh, you who believe. He's addressed the believers and He told them what? He commanded them what? Submit to Allah Ta'ala in totality. Submit completely to Allah Ta'ala. One might think that such a command would be more appropriate to be given to those who don't believe or to the people of the book or to the mushrikeen, or to the people of disbelief, or to people in general. Because those who believe, one would think, already have this common sense with regards to their faith. However, this is a great rule in the deen. Allah Ta'ala says what? He says, Remind one another because this remembrance indeed benefits the believers. This is why if somebody reminds us about something in the deen, even if we already know it, it's a bad sign for us to become upset and it's a bad sign for us to be offended. Rather, that person has rendered us a great service. That person has done good by us. This is why the hadith of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu is the way it is that Allah ta'ala is not pleased when somebody says to his brother, fear Allah, and that person becomes angry and says, worry about yourself. If somebody tells you, fear Allah, don't tell them worry about yourself. Rather, take your own advice that you want to give them and worry about yourself and thank that person for telling you to fear Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala reminds the believers, enter into this submission completely, completely, totally, without any exception whatsoever. Why? Because the nature of the relationship between the slave and the Lord is binary. There's one of two options and there's no gray area in the middle. Which is what? Either the slave accepts the Lord and submits in front of him, or the slave believes that he has his own right, and he has his own will, and he has his own desire, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right and will and desire is equal or subjugated or comparable to the right of the slave. The former is the description of the slavehood of the Prophet وسلم, and indeed all of the prophets and all of the believers. The latter is a description of the slavehood of Iblis, Al-Mal'un, the cursed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our, protect our people and our, protect our progeny from his evil in this world and the hereafter. Allah ta'ala says, enter into the submission completely. Enter into the submission completely. This pact, this surrender. Enter into it completely. And don't follow the footfalls of shaitan. Indeed, he is an open enemy to you. This is a lesson that we sometimes forget. Why? Because when we were taught about Islam, many of us, those of us who didn't have the tawfiq of learning uh, as adults, or as uh, you know, people who spend time from their own choice learning about the deen. Many of us, we learned about Islam as children. MashaAllah, we have our kids here, so you may as well learn it the first time so you don't have to relearn the lesson later on. Are you listening? Right? 
Sometimes, what do we forget? We forget, while we're busy teaching kids, the details. Alif is a, ba is ba, ta is ta, fa is ta, jim is ja, right? When we're teaching them, Dhuhr has four raka'ahs, and Asr has four raka'ahs, and Isha has four, and Maghrib has three, and Fajr has two, and the sunnahs of this are like that, and the sunnah of like that is this, and this is at etc. While we're teaching all of these things to the kids, the details, we forget to teach them some of the basics, which is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He tells you something, you don't have a choice in the matter, you obey. Not necessarily because He's mean, not because He's mean at all in fact, not because he's really anything except for I'm the slave and he's the Lord. Imagine if you saw a lion outside and he was making the noise of a donkey. Would that make sense? Is that proper for the lion to do that? Is it dignified? What if a donkey tried to roar like a lion? Do you think any of the other animals in the jungle will be scared? No, they won't. They'll laugh, they'll laugh at the donkey. Why? Everything has its place. The place of the Lord is to give the command and the place of the slave is to accept it. That's all. And so what happens? We see people in their Islam, they struggle. In fact, they go through great pain and suffering, difficulty in their Islam. And maybe they'll ruin their Islam and it's not going to help them on the Day of Judgment. Why? Just because they have this one idea. I'm going to pray at this time and this other time I'm not going to pray. I'm going to fast when it suits me and when it doesn't suit me, I don't believe in that I have to fast. I'm going to say that this thing is haram, which is haram, and this other thing that's haram, I'm going to keep in my heart like as if I have the right to do it. And what does, what does the deen teach us? The deen teaches that you either submit to him completely, you either submit to him completely, or you haven't submitted to him at all. The athar, the narrations with regards to Iblis. You know who Iblis is, right? You kids know who Iblis is? Do you know? Yeah. Iblis worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for hundreds of thousands of years. It comes in a hadith that there's not a hand's breadth, not mawda shibrin, this much space in the heavens or the earth, except for Iblis has made sajda to Allah ta'ala in that place. What made him shaitan, the accursed? He had a name amongst the angels, a Syriac name, Azazil, meaning the glory of the Lord. But the other angels saw that this jinn, the way he worships Allah ta'ala, the knowledge that he has, it is a sign of the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there was a secret nifaq, there was a secret hypocrisy hidden inside of his heart, which was what? He felt he had a decision, he had a choice when Allah ta'ala told him to do something. Whereas nobody has a choice. And Allah ta'ala let those hundreds of thousands of years pass until he fooled all of the angels, but he didn't fool Allah. He let all of those hundreds of thousands of years pass and then one day this little grain of nifaq, of hypocrisy inside of his heart, Allah Ta'ala showed it to all of the creation. Why? Just because he thought he had a choice. There's one thing Allah asked him to do. One thing Allah asked him to do, make sajda at this one time, he didn't make sajda and because of that he's shaitan. Now tell me something, tell me something. The person who, if you ask them how many prayers are there in the day, and they say five, but inside their heart they really mean four, because I'm going to sleep through Fajr and uh, uh, just make it up when I feel like it. How many sajdas did that person miss that Allah commanded them to, to make? One or more? At least four every day. At least four every day. Now of course if you miss uh, uh, Fajr, don't say, oh my God, ICC hired this crazy guy and he signed the contract and then he told all of us, at least if we miss Fajr. That's not what I'm saying. 
The point, of the, the point of the khutbah is not necessarily whether you pray Fajr or not. Everyone will sleep through Fajr at some point or another in their life. Even the Messenger of Allah وسلم, once, he did it. Although the, the, there's an athar narrated from the Prophet it's a sahih hadith, I don't forget, rather Allah Ta'ala at certain times causes me to forget so I can show the Ummah the Sunnah of what to do when you forget. We wouldn't know what to do because if you, if you never miss the Fajr, there's a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that he, uh, uh, Sayyidina Bilal you know, woke him up uh, after the sun had risen one day when they were out, uh, out of Medina. And he, he asked uh, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu, he said, why didn't you wake me up? He said, the same, Ya Rasulullah, the same thing that made you sleep, made me sleep as well. So he gathered the people and they made the prayer up right away. So I'm not saying, you know, if you missed Fajr one day or another day, I'm not saying you're shaitan. The point is, is what? It's not what happens in the limbs. You understand what I'm saying? It's not what you do with your body. It's inside the heart. This belief, because what happens, we, you know, the nafs, the ego doesn't like to be blamed for stuff. It doesn't like to own up to its mistakes. And so what ends up happening? What ends up happening is a person finds it hard to wake up. They skip one day, they skip two days, they skip three days. A month, a year, 10 years go by, a person hasn't prayed one salat. And you feel bad about it. Everyone feels bad about what they do. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. A person should feel guilt about bad things. They shouldn't feel guilt about good things or things that are not in their control. But the things that they did wrong, that they did out of full uh, knowledge and volition, they should feel bad about those things. That's actually a blessing from Allah Ta'ala. It helps you to get back on the right path after having made a mistake. What happens is some people, instead of wanting to fix what they did wrong, instead of wanting to own up to their faults, what do they do? They say, oh, well, this Salat is not all that important. I don't really have to wake up for Fajr. I don't really have to do this. I don't have to fast on this day. You know, this thing is not really haram. That thing is not really haram. They tell themselves these stories. Why? Because they don't want to feel blame and they don't want to feel guilty. And they look at the commandment of Allah Ta'ala and they say, this is so difficult, how am I ever going to, how am I ever going to fulfill this? It's impractical. And the fact of the matter is, generations of people before you and before me implemented that and much more because they had the help of Allah Ta'ala. The correct response when you think about how difficult certain things in the deen are, is not to say that this is impractical. To say what? La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah now means like, oh, that's disgusting. That's not what it means. La hawla illa billah means what? That you, there's no way you can escape from the disobedience of the Lord except for with His help. And la quwata illa billah means there's no way you're going to establish the obedience of the Lord except for with His help. You say it, you ask for His help, you receive His help. People before you and me that were less intelligent and less good-looking and less hard-working and were weaker than us physically, weaker than us mentally, psychologically, emotionally, they invoked the help of Allah and Allah helped them to do great things. And even if a person never wakes up for Fajr ever in their life, ever, that person who accepts inside of their heart that this Fajr is the, the, the right of my Lord and that I should wake up for this Fajr and this is my shortcoming that I don't, that person is better with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the one who never missed a prayer in their life. But like shaitan's worship of Allah ta'ala for hundreds of thousands of years, does it because he thinks it's my choice, I want to do it. Nobody is saying that you shouldn't have freedom. We're Americans, we love our freedom, mashallah. I sometimes, you know, like I sit next to a person on a plane and they're like, they're like where are you from? I'm like, can't you tell I'm an American? And, and, and they're like, uh, no. I go, if anyone was from back home, 
they would never dress like this on a plane. They would be afraid of going to jail, getting beaten, getting interrogated. All of them know better. It's only an American who pick, pick, pull a stunt like this, put on his turban, and go sit on the plane with his jabon. They're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. We're all Americans. We love our freedom. Freedom is from one another. Allah Ta'ala brought Islam so that you can have freedom from the creation. But whoever wishes to have freedom from the creator, the only place that that's going to happen in a perfect sense is what? Is in the hellfire. We don't want that. We don't want that. We fear that. We ask Allah Ta'ala that you accept us as your slave. Because Allah Ta'ala honors the one who accepts his slave. But the one who wishes to be friends with Allah, that person has made a very powerful friend. You have to accept these things. You have to sit down, look at the... Look at the, uh, the, the, the book of Allah Ta'ala. Look at the books of hadith. Because the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's not Aba Ahad min Rajalikum. He's not the father of any of your men. He's not like you and me. Rather, he's the Messenger of Allah and he's the seal of the Prophets. Sit, look at the Mus'haf. Look at the books of hadith. Even if you cannot read or understand Arabic. Even if you can understand and read Arabic, there are so many things in the Qur'an, even a person who is uh, you know, imam or professional scholar, there's nobody who will know the entire knowledge of the Qur'an, there's nobody who will know the entire knowledge of the hadith. In order to understand the entire knowledge of the hadith, you have to be as knowledgeable as the Messenger of Allah None of us are able to do that. In order to know the entire knowledge of the Qur'an, you have to have the ilm of Allah Ta'ala. None of us can do that. So sit, look at the mushaf in front of you, look at the books of hadith in front of you, and have inside of your heart, have inside of your heart, this conception that Ya Allah, Ya Allah, everything that's in this book is true, it's the haq. It's the haq. Ya Allah, everything that's in this book of hadith in front of me, and in every one of the books of hadith. Someone might say, well this hadith may be sahih, and this one may be da'if, it may be weak, it may be this or that. Then say in your heart, whatever is accurately transmitted from the Messenger of Allah have this conception inside of your heart that all of it is true, it's the haqq, the exclusion of other possibilities. I submit in front of it. Ya Allah, if I, can, if I can bring it into my life, into my action or not, I ask for your help. If I fail, I ask for your forgiveness. As far as inside of my heart, as far as inside of my heart, there's nothing else which is true except for this. Man ki dunya mena dekha, mene afrangi karaj. Man ki dunya mena dekha, mene sheikhu barhaman. Alama Iqbal, what does he say? He says, they may beat us outside. They may beat us outside with their armies and with their drones and with their weapons and with their economic system and with their colonialism and with their soldiers. They can take our land from us. They can take Palestine from us. They can destroy the khilaf. They do whatever they want to outside. As far as the world that's inside of the heart, as far as the world, the world that's inside of the heart, the Farinja have no hukum over there. The Kuffar have no rule over there, no Salta over there. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no Israeli occupation inside of the heart. The Chinese don't have concentration camps where they have jailed two million of our brothers and sisters inside of the heart. There's no uh, executive order that can ban a Muslim from inside of the heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a secret between you and the Lord. Whether you pray, pray one prayer, all prayers, or don't pray any of them at all, inside of the heart, the person who accepts, the person who accepts Allah Ta'ala's command and doesn't struggle against it, doesn't fight against it and tell themselves stories, that one is the one who Allah Ta'ala accepts on the Day of Judgment. The one who even prays all of their prayers, but they feel like they have a choice, that this is something that like I decided I wanted to do, they should fear, they should fear from Allah Ta'ala and end like the end of Iblis. Allah Ta'ala protect us all.
Allah God protect us. I'm not saying anyone to anyone Iblis or, or whatever. So don't feel, be offended at this guy. What is he saying to me? I'm not saying to anybody. Rather, we should fear. If he went to Jahannam and he became shaitan, the accursed shaitan, because of one sajda that he missed, we should fear Allah Ta'ala. And this, the deen is more than just the salat. It's more than it's mu'amalat, how you treat your parents, how you treat your children, your family members, the ones that are good to you, the ones that are not good to you. It's how you do so many, how you transact with your money. It's what you do when people are looking. It's what you do when nobody's looking. It's what you ask for forgiveness for. It's what you're proud of, what you're not proud of. There's so many things that are in the deen. Shaitan, because of one sajda, Iblis turned into shaitan. We should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to this. Islam, just give up. Give, see Allah, I give up. Whatever you command, that's what I accept inside of my heart. There's so much barakah in that. Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون حواه تبع لما به. One of you will not perfect your iman until their hawa, their desire is, 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 is conformant to that thing that I brought. The Prophet said, one of you will not perfect their, their iman until their desires are conformant to that which I brought. It's difficult, I get it. I get it, it's difficult, it's difficult. The men, if it's difficult for you, imagine having to do all those things and then on top of that wear hijab and like stick out like a sore thumb in front of other people. I get it, it's difficult. I will never look down on another believer if, if, they, if they fail, if they try and they fail. I myself am the biggest failure in front of Allah Ta'ala. I admit it in front of all of you. You can take your contract back if you want. I won't even be upset. I won't sue you, don't worry. I failed. I won't look down on any of you for being a failure. I myself am the biggest failure. But the thing that I fear and the thing that I fear for my people and for the ones that I love, for the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, is what? Is that they don't even try in the first place. That's the only real failure. That inside of their hearts where nobody can force them to do anything. Nobody can force you to do anything inside of your heart except for that which you want. That a person inside of their heart should fail in their submission to the Lord Jalla wa'ala and because of that all of their strength be sapped and all of their good deeds in this dunya be wasted and the hereafter they have to answer for something that they're not going to be able to answer for. وَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى سَيْدَ مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ يَقُولُ الرَّبُّ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى فِي كِتَابِهِ الْكَرِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِ